Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. Pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two. Roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, let's go. Friday edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Gandy. Got it by myself today. Luke will be joining me a little later in the show, but uh, he was in New Orleans last night at the Superdome, so he's uh, just now catching up. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Southern Bank Corps Studios. We appreciate uh, Southern Bank Corps, sponsor of our studio, and we appreciate that. Uh, very much a uh, great bank in Midtown Hattiesburg. Great place for you to do your banking business. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue, and we like that as well. Great place to take your family tonight for dinner and a great place to cater your next event. All right, full show today. Julie Miguel is about to join me. Patrick McGee from the Gulf Coast will be on later. Will East as well. And as I said, uh, last segment of the show, Luke Johnson. But first, Coach, uh, Julie McNell is no stranger to anybody that listens to the Eagle Hour. You told me you were eating... Chicken and dumplings for lunch, that's always a good day, Coach. Oh, it is. Yeah, I it like it is. myself. Yeah, t- chicken and dumplings and cornbread, you can't beat it. No, about as southern as it gets, and as good as that's it gets. That's right. All right, Coach, so you're in New Orleans uh, Wednesday, and uh, you've got your star player, Dominique Davis, who is now the preseason conference player of the year. And, you know, Coach, let me ask you real quick. Is there in the men's uh, Austin Crowley one, has there ever been right. a time you recall that both the men and women's team had the preseason player of the year? No, sir. I am not aware of it. It may have happened many years ago, but I've been here 20 years, so I know it's not last happened in the last 20 years for sure. Right. I, I uh, think you're right. Yeah. I mean, it's just a, an awesome opportunity for both of those young people representing Southern Miss. And I think, you know, you've got to say hats off to them uh, because they have been game changers in each program for sure. No question. Let's talk about Dom Davis as, as she's known by all her friends and teammates. Refresh refresh our, our listeners' uh, minds on how, how she came about uh, getting on your squad and, and what this uh, young lady has meant to your program, Coach McNellis. Sure. Um, we had recruited Dom out of high school. He, she actually came to our camps, uh, so we knew her when she was younger, and we had been recruiting her for a while, and she ends up going to LSU. And she had played some, then she didn't play. It was just inconsistent. And so I had told Coach Jack Prosper, that's on my staff, multiple times. He didn't know Dom because he's not from this area. And I just kept saying, "We if Dom Davis, when Kim Mulkey got that job, I said, if Dom Davis goes in the portal, we got to get her. We got to get her. And he said, uh, you don't think Kim a keeper? I said, Mm-mm, she's not a Kim kid. And, um, uh, 
sure enough, as soon as she went in, I still had her her dad and her cell phone number still in my phone. And so as soon as she hit that portal, I called her dad first, and then I called her mom. I actually called him on a Wednesday. Uh, she had gone in the portal. Or they put her name in Monday evening. And so Tuesday, so Wednesday is when I called her dad. And so the rest was history. And she has definitely changed our program. Um, she had a lot to learn. And I think we've changed her. She had a lot to learn and the expectations that are here uh, of how we're going to play. And we're not going to cruise through it. And we're going to do things right. And so she has really adjusted that that first year. Her first year with us, which was her sophomore year, was really difficult for her, to be very honest with you. Uh, but we weathered the storm, and uh, she has grown up tremendously. Uh, and now she's considered one of the vocal leaders of our basketball team yeah. and ended up being preseason player of the year. Yeah, good for her. She's a great kid, too. She uh, is. What, what makes her special, uh, Coach McGillis? What, what separates Dom from, from the average D1 basketball player? I, what I think what makes her special is she is the kid that shares love. For example, she comes in our offices, whether we're in staff meeting or whatever, almost every day. And she goes around the table and she hugs everybody in the room. And she just shares love. A lot of people talk about it. And people show love in a lot of different ways. But that's her way of showing it. And she could be mad with you. She could be upset. She could have had a bad practice. You punished her. But she's okay once she leaves the floor. And that's a uniqueness about her. Uh, But she is just, she's a loving person. She really, really is. And she cares. Like, she told us up front, don't expect me to make good grades. Because I'm coming here to play basketball. Well, this morning... When I walked in, she had been on a Zoom academically for a class. And I said, well, how was your Zoom? And she put her arms out to hug, and she said, Coach, I think I'm going to make it. I know C's get degrees, but I may end up being higher than C's. I said, well, that would be nice. <laughs> Good for her. Good for her. I know last year, uh, uh, in, in watching you guys uh, like I did, she, she had a lot of back problems, and she tried to play through right. them, and Come sit on the bench, put on a back brace. How's her back now? She, you think it, she's no, we did, we did surgery in the spring, actually in May. Um, they did surgery on her and uh, paired, repaired where her disc was ruptured. Um, and so she has really been fine. Now, she's very protective of it. She gets treatment every day for it, um, just as if she was injured. Um, we just, you know. She didn't practice at all this summer. She totally relaxed her back and went through all the therapy. And she just hasn't had a lot of pain Good. with it. Good. So that's the plan. That's what we want to keep it, right. the way we want to keep it. I, I saw the pictures of you and her, and uh, she looked <laughs> she looked so <laughs> feminine, and she just looked so, you know, just kind of sweet and mild. And yep. it's the opposite. When she's on the floor, am I right? That's correct. (laughs) You know, the thing is, I told her with her wearing that beige turtleneck and, you know, it clinging to her body. I said, you know, Dom, I knew you always had a small waist, but she does not have one ounce of fat in that torso area. 
And you can also see then how broad her shoulders are mm-hmm. for someone her size. Um, but she did. Thank you for recognizing that. But she mm-hmm. looked really cute. She told oh. me she's a coach. I'm going to blow it out of the water. No, she looked fan- <laughs> she, she looked fantastic and passed that along to her. It's just, I sure will. It, it, it amazes me uh, how different they can look away from the floor when they dress up yes i think i told you one time last year my wife was watching a game with me and she laughed and she said man them girls just put their hair back in a ponytail and they come to fight don't they (laughs) well that's their coach that's that's exactly how they're coming about two and a half minutes left coach uh how's preseason look and i know that uh you'll be playing some exhibition basketball here pretty quick right yes and we we have an actually a closed scrimmage tonight uh, with Loyola out of New Orleans. And so we're excited about that just to play somebody else, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. And what we've done, we have put in groups together uh, of how we, we want to evaluate and see where they are, how they're playing together so that we can use some analytics just to be able to learn a little bit about that. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's what tonight will give us. And then we, open up with Mississippi College in an exhibition game on November the 1st, and and it's William Carey, and we're rolling. Right. That's for sure. So we've made a lot of progress. We're probably behind offensively than what we have been in the past, just, uh, just with number of sets and those things we would normally have in. But when you have six new players, it takes a little longer right? Um, for everyone to understand what we're looking for, what the expectation is, you know, and we do it. We have a lot of our sets are considered off different reads or where the pass goes. Mm-hmm. And that's harder for some high school players coming in or junior college players that's never run quick hitters or any sets that was just give the ball and get out of their way. So mm-hmm. we're a little behind in that aspect. I think defensively we're ahead of the game, um, particularly with our matchup zone. It's been really, really good going against our guys in practice. So we're excited. We look forward to it. Um, I just today I kind of tell us all the tale because we finally get to go against somebody else besides our practice guys that dunk on us um, and get to compete against another group. Yeah, for people that don't know, uh, the the women's team does practice against young men, and, and these these young men can play basketball now. I mean, she, she didn't just pick these guys up off the street, but let me tell you. The girls go toe-to-toe with them, and uh, it's uh, always fun to watch. Coach, always great having you on the Thank Eagle Thank you. Hour. I appreciate it. And we're really looking forward to the season, and I- I'm sure that I'll be seeing you very soon at the Regreen. Thank you. And tell uh, Santa uh-huh. and Mr. Johnson, I hate I missed them, but you have been perfect you without be, them. You be sure to tell them that, too, Coach. <laughs> All right, Coach. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Coach okay. Joy Lee Bye. McNellis, everybody, one of my very favorite people on the planet. And uh, just a, a wonderful lady and a great basketball coach. Heartbreak last night in the Superdome. Man, it was tough to watch. Patrick McGee covers the Saints for a living. He's going to talk to us about that next.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, I thank you, Julie McNellis, for joining us uh, in the first segment. Basketball just around the corner, as you know. And a close scrimmage tonight against Loyola. Interesting uh, news there as uh, the, the Lady Eagles continue to get ready uh, for the upcoming season. Don't forget you can hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast anytime you like on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Campus Bookmart, campusbookmart.net. They sponsor the second segment of the show every day. They're on Hardy Street. You know that. You can also shop them online wherever you are at campusbookmart.net. You can even call Campus Bookmart. Ask for Kathleen. Tell her what you're looking for. She'll go get it for you and mail it to you. I mean, uh, there's just no reason to buy your Southern Miss swag anywhere but Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Patrick McGee writes for NOLA.com down in New Orleans, and he covers the New Orleans Saints. And, Patrick, I watched every play of the game last night, and, uh, boy, what a heartbreaking end. It appeared the Saints had thrown the winning touchdown pass with just seconds left in the game. Tight end can't hold on to the ball, and another frustrating loss for New Orleans. Yeah, I mean, even they get a touchdown, you know, they make the decision, the extra point, do you go to OT or do you, right, right. Do you go for two? I, I would think they would have gone for two. Just my opinion, but yeah, it was it was there, um, and really the Saints right now are kicking themselves over a, a, a poor first half when they had a couple of turnovers that really put them in a great position. They couldn't take advantage. Of the kickers, rookie kickers, struggling right now, and 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 like we talked about before we went on the air, it just seems like Carr and his receivers often really aren't on the same mark, and I'm sure that goes both ways. But it does feel like. Uh, some of the receivers, especially Alave, aren't really kind of finishing the routes. There was really one point late in the game where Carr short showed his frustration, where Alave didn't finish his route, and uh, I think that's it's Carr hadn't been the only one to point that out. Really, you know, not, uh, it had been mentioned, I think, by you know uh, analysts in the past mm-hmm. few weeks that they kind of see Alave kind of not really putting his all into it. So it's it's such a weird situation on the offense. There's so many. There are a lot of playmakers there, but they just can't all get on the same page, and and that really, you know, share responsibility goes around. But ultimately, it's on the offensive staff to make sure that works. Yeah, your evaluation of Derek Carr at this point, Patrick. Well, the injury where he got hit on the shoulder that seemed to be kind of a point where things changed. Uh, you know, they're up seventeen zero on the Packers. Then he gets hit in the shoulder, and then they fall apart and lose that game. And ever since then, it just hasn't felt the same. It's not like Carr was really game buster through the first two weeks, but you felt like they were playing good defense and they were closing strong on offense. So I don't know if the sore shoulders really playing much of a role or what, but there was just something. You go back to that point, it just felt like Carr hadn't been quite the same, even though he played pretty well, I thought, in the second half. And, uh, you know, his receivers got to help him out now and then, especially, like you said, the tight end. In the end zone, Foster Moreau, you feel bad for him. He's a New Orleans native. I'm sure he, he's never scored a touchdown as a Saint in the Superdome, and that would have been a special moment for him. So you feel yeah. badly for him. But, yeah, Carr right now, he's he's not great. You know, inconsistent is probably the best way to put it. But, you know, you still see flashes of what Carr's uh, capable of. Right. Uh, they had a – you probably saw it. They, I don't know if you were at the game or watched it on TV, but they, they had a shot of that kid uh, – on the bench after he dropped that mm-hmm. touchdown pass, he was pretty crushed. You could tell. Yeah, he's an interesting story. He he had got diagnosed with cancer before the season, and 
and he had thankfully he's back in the remission so he can play this year. So uh yeah, I mean you just feel bad for a guy like that. He's he's well liked and well respected by his teammates and they said much of that after the game about Foster. It's just one of those things that happens. It, it, you know, the game wasn't lost on that moment. Uh, there were plenty of other moments where the Saints had the opportunity right. to convert, and they just didn't do it. Right. They had played for three and a half hours. So it, mm-hmm. it doesn't come down to one play. Well, well, looking back, uh, that you're right. They didn't take advantage of opportunities and then come back and, and I think it's fair to say dominated most of the second half. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, yeah, right. And you go back to that one long touchdown pass. Uh, by Trevor Lawrence, and that you know that just tipped the scales back and put the pressure back on the Saints, and you just got to deliver it, and it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what's next? I mean, there won't be any major change, right? I mean, these were close games that they lost. You just got to keep plugging away. Is that not correct? Yeah, I mean, the the, the benefit of playing on a Thursday is is you know they'll basically they'll have ten days off essentially, uh, or ten days between now and the the next game, so they'll have a day or two off probably going into the weekend. And then you go on the road against the Indianapolis Colts, uh, who right now look pretty, pretty beatable. Uh, their young quarterback's out injured. Uh, you know, that game going up there, you think the Saints had a pretty good shot, and then you have the Bears coming to the dome. So you got two games right there that could easily put the Saints back above, you know, 500. Right now they're three and four. If they're five and four, uh, going to, uh, Minnesota on November 12th, uh, you know, the Vikings have struggled. It's been a weird year for them. I expect that to be a tough game, but, Really looking over the next four to five to six weeks, there's a bunch of winnable games out there. So yeah. uh, probably the toughest game remaining, say, going through the first couple of weeks of December is whenever the Lions come to New Orleans. Right. Uh, so there's winnable games out there. They can turn this around. Uh, but they just, you know, they showed against the Patriots that they're capable of dominating the competition, but obviously that was a very bad team. And they just have to beat teams they're better than, and they just haven't done that once or twice this season. Did you ever think you'd live long enough to say the Lions are coming in? That'll be a tough game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I, I'm one of those people that just, you know, any NFL season can produce anything. But you've seen the Lions kind of building to this they're, point. They're good. Uh, yeah. Cam, Campbell's a, a good coach. He, he was in New Orleans before he went up to Detroit, uh, and he was well thought of down here. And uh, he's kind of built something. I think he took something out of New Orleans and kind of took it with him to Detroit. And it feels like, you know, the the good energy and the, and, and the way they've been able to piece together a roster kind of feels like what the Saints were able to do, you know, minus having a Drew Brees in the picture, even though Jared Goff is pretty good. But this Lions team is pretty good and, and look a lot like some of the old Saints teams whenever Brees was in town. All right. All right, let's look at the conference. That's the first thing that's important uh, for the Saints. Carolina's terrible. <clears throat> in fact, yeah. I don't believe they've won a game. <clears throat> Excuse me, Patrick. Uh, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I would have told you a couple of weeks ago Atlanta was pretty good, but they got beat by the Commanders over the weekend, and, and they look yeah. beatable. Tampa Bay looks beatable. I mean, so, uh, right. you know, I think the Saints are still in the running for the for the, for the the conference. Yeah, I look at the NFC South as pretty much a toss-up. I've been impressed with uh, Mayfield and the Buccaneers. They didn't play very well last week, but that's going to happen. Uh, you know, I, I think, you know, whoever wins the division right now is going to be the team that gets, you know, maybe a game or two above five hundred. I think these teams are going to kind of beat each other up over the week, next few weeks. And it's just a matter of Saints at some point putting together a winning streak of, say, three to four games. Uh, you know, just something to kind of get that momentum going uh, to get themselves in the postseason. They don't look like a team that's really a threat to make a run in the in the playoffs. But if they somehow kind of bottle up what they were able to do for much of the second half on offense, uh, you could easily see the Saints, you know, winning the division. 
but there's still just a lot that's got to fall into place. But, uh, you know, obviously, like you said, the Falcons and the Buccaneers are the biggest threats to the well, Saints. Patrick, you look at their roster, though. I mean, you, you look at the wideouts they have. They got Camaro, I think, is a great running back. Derek Carr is a proven quarterback in the NFL. It's kind of hard to figure why why they haven't put it together any better than they have. I think. Yeah, I mean Michael Thomas isn't the Michael Thomas of old. You know he's not. He doesn't quite have the the quickness, or you know he just he's just not the same guy. He was out for a long time, um, um, with injuries and stuff like that. And you have Juwan Johnson, who was supposed to be their number one tight end, missed a lot of time with the injury. Chris Olave. A lot of hopes pressed on, put on him coming into the season. He just hasn't quite been as good as expected. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, you just got a lot of, you know, Rashid Shahid. He's been really good, but he's not really a number one guy at this point. So somebody's got to step up and be that go-to guy, and it just doesn't feel like anybody's really done that at this point in the season. It should be Olave, uh, but he's obviously got to get things together and be more committed to, right. uh, to, to what he's being asked to asked to do from play to play well on the bright side the saints are not a they're not a franchise that loses their fan base if things aren't going well man nobody has a more rabid loyal fan base than the saints right no i mean ticket prices have gone down a little bit so it's easier to get a ticket to the superdome but that dome's going to be full and rocking every weekend uh even you know back in the worst of the days of the saints the new orleans was really appreciative to have an nfl team in town so uh, they're not happy. They were booing a lot last night, uh, really from early on until late. So they're not happy. They had high expectations for this team, and they're not quite living up to it yet. I mean, they can turn it around. They're three and four. It's not like they're, uh, you know, two and five. So there's a big difference there. So uh, we'll see. But yeah, Saints fans aren't pleased at the moment. So what I'm hearing is Saints fans will let the team know when they're happy, and Saints fans will let the team know when they're unhappy. Yeah, I mean, it's obvious what the flaws are on this team, and, and every time the Saints just make that same mistake again, they just, <laughs> they're going to get on them at home games, and they did it They did it last night. Well, it was a great game. It was fun to watch. It was exciting, yeah. and, you, you know, they're one play away from, from, like you say, either tying the game or having a chance to win it. Uh, but there's always right. next week, and I think you're right. There's a lot of football left to play, and the, and the Saints have a lot of talent. Well, Patrick – Always appreciate your input. I hope you have a great weekend down in the Big Easy, and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Okay. Thanks, Bob. All right. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com. Great friend of this show. We've said it a hundred times. Can't say it enough. Patrick's been on this on this program since the first week ten years ago that the Eagle Hour came on the air, and we appreciate it. Let's talk high school football. It's Friday. That's next. Will East from Super Talk Mississippi. Southern Miss to the top. All right, welcome back to the Southern Bank Corps studio here in Hattiesburg this afternoon. I want to thank Joy Lee McNellis for joining us earlier in the program. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com talking about that heartbreaker last night. Uh, 
down in the Superdome. This segment of the show sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. Great place for lunch. Any day you want, Monday through Friday, the lunch is always good and hearty, and it's just $10 for lunch, including your drink and your tax. Can't beat that. They'll have a lot of football on the uh, TVs all through the weekend, 4th Street Bar and Grill, right there in the shadow of the rock. Before we move on to high school baseball, we just got this information a few minutes ago from uh, the athletic department regarding baseball. That always perks everybody's ears up. Southern Miss baseball coach Christian Ostrander announced today that the Golden Eagles will return to MGM Park for the first time since 2019 this spring. They will host Nichols State on a Tuesday night game, 6 o'clock, February 27th. And uh, that's always exciting uh, to go down there. The Golden Eagles draw very, very well on the coast, and MGM Park is a wonderful facility. You can actually buy tickets now, believe it or not, for $20, and you can buy them uh, through the MGM Park box office and uh, they're encouraging you to do that because they say ticket prices will increase the day of the game. So uh, just a little bit of baseball uh, information as uh, we roll into another Friday afternoon. All right, Will East is the co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard. Maybe the most iconic show on the network uh, when you think about it, Will, is probably as long a running show as anything the network airs, right? I think so. I think all the people that started it are no longer here. So that's that's how long it's been going on. <laughs> that's a sign. Uh, yeah, it's been, it's been like tw- almost 30 years, I think, something like that. Yeah, crazy, man. But it, it really is a big, big part of Friday nights uh, here in Mississippi. All right, let's start. Uh, Will, I'm looking out of the studio window here at Oak Grove High School. And uh, undefeated until last weekend when uh, Brandon kind of busted that bubble 38-20 to 20, and now – Oak Grove with another tough task uh, this weekend uh, against Northwest Rankin. Yeah, this is one of the biggest games of the week in the entire state. Uh, both teams coming off surprising losses. That Oak Grove-branded game last week, I don't know if you got to go to it or watch it or listen to it or whatever, but uh, you know, I sometimes use boxing analogies. and Brandon came out in that game and their their goal was to punch Oak Grove in the mouth as soon as the bell rang and just keep just just keep pounding on them and that's exactly what they did. The first play of the game, Landon Barnes quarterback for Brandon threw a 69-yard touchdown pass. On the ensuing kickoff, Brandon surprised everybody. I mean, you're on the road. What do you you, you don't do an onside kick? Well, they did. And they got the ball back, went down there and scored. And that was pretty much all she wrote after that. Uh, they jumped up to a 17-0 lead. Oak Grove battled back, but at the end of the day, it, it was all Brandon. Uh, and Oak, it really did surprise Oak Grove. And, you know, Oak Grove, you've been following them this year. They've been kind of teetering a little bit. They played several overtime games this year. And two weeks ago, they went on the road to Meridian and it was tied up at halftime, and Meridian gave them all they wanted. Uh, now, Oak Grove eventually came back to win by 10 points, but they were kind of teetering a little bit, and I think Brandon saw an opportunity and took advantage of it. So Oak Grove's kind of in a weird position now. They went from the number one team in the state, undefeated, top team in 7A, all that stuff, and now all of a sudden it's battling for playoff positioning. Right. Uh, tonight they'll play at Northwest Rankin, a team that had a surprising loss last week. They played Meridian last week, and Meridian, their game plan in that game last week was to hand the ball to Daniel Hill, the running back. They gave him the ball, Bob, 
41 times in that wow. game. He had 350 yards, three touchdowns, and Meridian won. So Northwest Rankin is kind of the same position that Oak Grove is in right now and kind of jockeying for playoff positioning. They'll both make the playoffs. I'm, I'm pretty sure of that. But it's going to be the positioning. It, you know, you want to be in that top two seed. You don't want to be in the three or four seed because you'll have to go on the road and play a much tougher opponent in the first round. Region three of seven A is just so good this year. You got Northwest Rankin, you got Oak Grove, and then you got the team that beat uh, Oak Grove last week, Brandon. Tonight, they're taking on Pearl in the Rankin County Super Bowl. Now, Bob, I don't know how familiar you are with this rivalry game, but you know most rivalry games, when the game happens, you, you know you root against the other team and. At the end of the game, that's it. You go on back home, and you, if you see them at the bank or the grocery store, you say hello to them. Uh, the North, the the Brandon Pearl, Rankin County Super Bowl game is one where the hate really goes 365 <laughs> days a year. Uh, no friendly so conversations hateful. in the grocery store, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so hateful that they even develop their own disparaging term to give to one another. So the loser <laughs> has to, quote, eat dirt for 364 <laughs> days out of the year after the loss. Uh, and they don't like each other. I got a friend of mine, Bob, who <laughs> lives in one of these towns. I'm not going to say which one. And the first time we went to go see their beautiful new house, went to go over there to see it, and they hid their mail. And we're like, you know, I thought maybe they had collection bill or something. <laughs> you know, they're trying to hide. They were embarrassed about it. No, they were embarrassed because the actual town they live in is not one of the other towns. And they were embarrassed by it. I'm not going to say which one, but that's the level that we're dealing with here. And so they're playing each other tonight. Brandon's one of the hottest teams in the state right now after that win against Oak Grove last week. But Pearl's 6-1, and one, doing really good. The only loss, by the way, was to Northwest Rankin, uh, I believe, two weeks ago. So very good game going on tonight in uh, Pearl in the Rankin County Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm picking up a theme here. Oak Grove, Northwest Rankin, Pearl, Brandon, all really good football teams. That, that Region 3 of 7A is turning out to be the best in the state this year. It's the most competitive. It's the toughest. Uh, you got teams like Meridian, who has just really struggled. You know, they're traditionally very good, but the past probably, I don't think they've made the playoffs since 2017. Mm-hmm. And this year they're 4-4, four and four, and you think, well, that, that's one of your lower teams in the region. Heck, they beat Northwest Rankin. They, they played Oak Grove. They gave Oak Grove fits in that game. They're really good this year, so that kind of tells you the level of depth in Region 3 of 7A. All right. All right. What else grabs your attention tonight, uh, Will? Well, tonight uh, there's a game going on at the beautiful blue turf of the Tupelo Golden Wave, and I guarantee you, I will bet you my entire house, that Tupelo will not win the game tonight being played at their stadium. And that's because they're not playing at their stadium Ripley and Amory are playing at their stadium. Amory's stadium got decimated in that tornado that came through earlier this year. So they've been playing all their home games at Tupelo. Oh. So you got their black and gold uniforms of Amory playing on the, that blue turf of Tupelo. And they've gone 7-0. and They're perfect on the season. And tonight they're hosting Ripley, another team that's undefeated. So 8-0 versus 7-0. and That's a very – if I was going to be at one game tonight, it'd probably be – in yeah. Tupelo to see Amory taking on Ripley in a home game, which is not really a home game. Right. Uh, but Amory's really, really good this season. I thought they would drop off a lot this year. They had a really good team last year. 
But they have just continued on. They are, they are really surprising, maybe one of the most surprising teams in the state. Uh, another one that I want to talk about is in the prep ranks, and that's Jackson Prep taking on MRA. Uh, this is one where a lot of points are going to be scored. MRA has not scored fewer than 40 points in a game this season. Jackson Prep was coming off a loss to Hartfield last week that was very disappointing for them, and this one's kind of jockeying for playoff position. But if you like offense, John White, who's the Southern Miss commit, uh, who has just been extremely good for MRA this year, he has over 2,700 yards passing, 32 touchdowns, uh, and uh, he played at Oak Grove a few weeks ago uh, and almost, almost beat Oak won, Grove yeah, in their overtime won. games. Right, right. Here's one yeah, other so, I want to ask you about that has some interest in, in these parts, I think. Pedal is playing at Meridian tonight. And, of course, Marcus Boyles was the pedal coach for a long time. And now he's up against the Panthers. But the truth is, pedal is, is just not the team that it, is, it has been in recent years. Is that fair to say? Oh, definitely. They have really struggled this year. I think they're, they're, I think they're three and four, something like that, this year. It beat Hattiesburg to open the season, but they've, they've struggled. They got blown out by Brandon. They got blown out by Pearl. And now they face a Meridian team. I'm going to tell you, Marcus Boyles knows what he's doing. That Meridian team, like I said, they had not made the playoffs since 2017. And last year, they were they were pretty bad. Uh, but now, all of a sudden, they've got some momentum. They kind of started slow, but now they've got some momentum. That Northwest ranking game last year, last week, was on the road, and that was a tough time. Northwest Rankin had beaten Madison Central on some, some other teams this year. They're no slouches. Uh, so I think Marcus Bulls over at Meridian really has something going. Well, you know, well, I don't need to tell you, there's nothing more American than being at a game on Friday night, high school atmosphere, the kickoff. Uh, it's really exciting. And nobody covers it better than you guys do at uh, 10 o'clock tonight on the uh, Super Talk High School scoreboard show, and I guess tonight will be no different than any other Friday night, right? Absolutely. We look forward to it. Hey, and we don't have many weeks left in the regular season, so enjoy it while you can. All right, my friend. We always enjoy talking to you on Friday, and we'll look forward to doing that again uh, this time next week, Will. All right. Thank you. All right. Will East, everybody. Co-host of the Super Talk High School Scoreboard. I'm going to make it my mission to find Luke Johnson, see if he recovered from that big disappointment last night in the Dome. We'll do that next. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. All right, my thanks to Will East for joining uh, me in this last segment. Good stuff on high school football. Quick reminder about D1 D-Bat. Great place to take your kids for baseball, softball training. Great place for you to go for adult training of any kind. A beautiful facility on Hardy Street. D1 D-Bat. Want to thank Mo Bay Beignet Company, too. The official beignet store of the Super Talk Eagle Hour and a great place to go this weekend for what I think is the best dessert you can get in Hattiesburg. All right, I found Luke Johnson. Uh, we're fixing to do our picks. Before that, Luke, though, 
Real quick, your thoughts. I know you were in the Dome last night. You were actually the guest of a Jacksonville player last night. Yeah, Logan Cook, the punter for Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, he had a good game last night. Threw a pass to former Southern Miss Golden Eagle Tim Jones. Now, my heart hurt that the Saints lost and uh, lost it at the end, but proud of uh, proud of Logan, representing South Mississippi well. No, no question. Good game and uh, two really good teams. The uh, Certainly, Jacksonville uh, is an up-and-coming team. All right. Let's get to our Friday afternoon picks, but I think and you know, I think what we probably ought to do is set the stage, Luke, by giving the standings. Did you would you want to do that, please? Yeah, there's some separation. Bob Getty has uh, extended his lead uh, with an eight and two week last week. He is forty six and twenty overall. Sander was six and four last week, forty three and twenty three, and I'm sliding. I went five and five. I'm tied with with Sander, so we're both three games back behind you. Daniel Stewart last week went five and five. Okay. All right, uh, the first game uh, was played last night that was on our list. Uh, James Madison, man, they don't do – look, I watched most of that game as well. They don't do nothing but just keep winning. They just win. Yeah, Dukes are 7-0. and Of course, we didn't pick that one yesterday, but, I mean, i tell you what, James Madison, um, they got a chance to, to possibly run the table and go 12-0. and First game tomorrow, 1 p.m., Monroe at Georgia Southern. And uh, Fighting Hilton's a 17-point favorite. I'm pretty sure I know what you're going to do. I think I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. I'm going to go with Georgia Southern. Sander has sent me his picks from Southern California. He is taking Georgia Southern as well. Golden Eagles' next opponent, App State on the road at Old Dominion. App State's a six-and-a-half-point favorite. This is a little sneaky game for me. Uh, I'll just lead it off. I'm going to take App State. I want them confident next week against the Eagles, but ODU Mike could do something in this one. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to pick App State. Sander also took the Mountaineers, so uh, we'll pick in them. Coastal Carolina in Jonesboro, across country or across mid country uh, travel. The Chanticleer is a ten point favorite on the road. Kelly took Coastal. I'm going to stick with Kelly. I'm going Coastal myself. Yeah, I'm going to go Coastal as well. I think Grace McCall a little too much for them. All right, Georgia State in the Bayou against Louisiana, a three and a half favorite. Kelly took the Cajuns. I think that's going to be a close game, but I'm going to give the home field edge uh, to the Cajuns. But I, I'm a little shaky on, on picking them, to be honest with you. I am going to uh, disagree. Last week, you know. Uh, they put it on. Georgia State put it on Marshall. So I'm going to disagree with you guys. You're taking the Cajuns. I'm going to take Georgia State to pull the upset down in Lafayette. Uh, that's that's all the Sunbelt games, so we're going to go some group of five games tomorrow. Air Force, a 10-point favorite in Annapolis against the Naval Academy. Well, my son served six years in the Air Force. I, I have to go with Air Force. <laughs> well, if you pick Navy, what would he do? Uh, he would not be happy. He, he's not a fan of Navy. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking lightning as well. I go Air Force. All right, quick on this one. Memphis, six-and-a-half-point favorite in Birmingham at UAB. I think UAB is proving to be a little shaky, and I think the Tigers are a pretty good football team. I'm going to take Memphis. I'm going to take Memphis. Seems like we're all picking together. We'll take. Uh, I'm going to take Memphis as well. All right, fun one here. West Florida. 13th in the country, D2 matchup. The Statesman of Delta State undefeated 7-0. and It's uh, it's up in uh, up well, in Cleveland. And I appreciate you putting that on the list. I am a go. I am a fighting okra fan. I've made no uh, 
No bones about that. And I'm sticking with the okra, baby. 7-0, and oh, the okra got the boxing gloves on, going to be ready to go. I'll take uh, Delta State as well. Kelly did as well. Lions, NFL at Ravens. Ravens three-point favorite. Kelly took the fighting Munkins. Yeah, this is a head knocker here. The Lions have been playing really well, but boy, I like uh, I like the Ravens' offense and their defense is always really good. Uh, I think the Ravens won a close game. I got to get back in it. I'm taking the Lions. All right, Dolphins at Eagles. This is your Sunday night game. Eagles. It's in Philly. Two and a half point favorite. Kelly took the Dolphins. I'm going with the upset. I like the Fins. Uh, they can score a lot of points. This should be an exciting football game. I'm sure you agree. I'm gonna go with uh, I'm gonna go with the uh, Miami. I got to get back in it. I'm going to take Philly at home. Last game, Browns, three-point favorite, Indianapolis against the Colts. <sighs> kind of a toss-up, I think. I think I think I heard that the Colts quarterback was injured, not playing. Yeah, he's out. Yeah, so I, I guess that uh, that puts me in the Brownies' corner. I'll go with the Browns as well. So I've made some picks. Hopefully I can get back even with you, Bob Getty, as you have a three-game lead in our picks. <laughs> Hey, man, I'm glad you got that treat last night. Uh, that was really cool that he did that. And uh, I know you. Uh, we all wanted the Saints to win, but, boy, that was a good game last night, Luke. It's fun to watch people that you pour into in your life succeed and, and do things like that. He had a great conversation with Al Michaels before the game. I'll tell you about it sometime. It was good. All right, we'll talk to you Monday. Until then, brother, Southern Miss. To the top. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.